It's time for class. Civics just doesn't begin and end on election day. This is Sunday Civics, the home for the civically engaged with political strategist L. Joy Williams on Sirius XM's Urban View. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Happy Sunday to you. You are listening to Sunday Civics, the home for the civically engaged. I am your host, your civics teacher and neighborhood political strategist, L. Joy Williams. And I am so happy that you made it to class this morning. And for this morning, I am very happy and engaged and energized about the work ahead for 2022. And you may be reading the news, hearing about all of the people running, hearing about crazy things happening in Florida, Alabama, and Georgia, and Mississippi, and all over the country. And you're asking yourself, Joy, why are you excited? And I'm going to tell you, I'm excited because it is an opportunity for us, for our communities to dig down deeper, to organize more, to engage more in our communities. And that is what an election year does, a midterm election. It allows us an opportunity to give a little bit more, to dig a little bit deeper, to do a little bit more. And that's what we're talking about this morning, how you can prepare your community for 2022. And for this conversation, I don't have somebody from the White House joining the show. I don't have some, you know, uh, a researcher or historian that, you know, you see on cable news television. I got my thoroughest girls with me, starting with June like the month, Moses like the Bible. I missed you, girl. Hey, Hey, L. Joy Williams. I miss you so much, but I'll be stalking you on social media. (laughs) (laughs) And also, I am so excited. She be giving y'all education. She's giving y'all the business when y'all try to call in and, you know, do some trolling situation every, every morning on Sirius XM Urban View on the Laree Daniel Favor show. She be bringing that information, that heat and that blackness. Laree Daniel Favors. Hey, girl. Oh, I missed my thoroughest girl. (laughs) Bring her up the fire every morning at 10. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Um, and who needs White House? You got us. Come yeah, on. That's what I'm saying. Like, we, we don't need We are the experts. It's just like sitting and, you know, you get your coffee, you know, it's Sunday morning. Maybe you are listening to us as you getting ready. You walking around in your, I'm, you know, Marie, <laughs> Sunday morning, you going to church, you walking around in your slip and no, you're running them stockings. Okay. <laughs> Slippers on. Getting ready to go to church because people are back in the church house. So maybe you are doing that or June, maybe people are still doing virtual because, you know, there's a whole separate conversation happening on in the church world because people are like, oh, wait, do I really need to go back to church? Yes. <laughs> Jesus is wherever you are, and please wear a yes. mask if you're going to church. That's all I'm Je- going to wear a mask. Jesus, yes, Jesus is wherever you are. However, if you can go to brunch and if you can go to shopping, and you, you can go to church. Just you should be doing any of those things. Omarion, go get you. <laughs> <laughs> where your man is? Where your hand sanitizer? Where your six feet? What's happening? 
Um, Marion gonna dance into your life. Come on, dance you on on your grave. That's what it's gonna do. Dance on your grave, people. Get it together. Put on your. Man. You know what? You know what was so funny about this though is because I, my husband and I were reading the article where you know explaining the reason why they skipped over some of the names so as not to cause confusion and not to cause offense. You know the names, and I was like, clearly, <laughs> they. They were not aware of, of Omarion <laughs> when they decided not to skip over Omicron. <laughs> anyway, so yes, just, you know, I this show is not sponsored by the CDC, but I will say from a Black people perspective, protect yourself, y'all. Wear your mask when you're out in public. Continue to wash your hands. Although, you know, we don't have to tell black people that that much because we wash. But continue to wash your hands. Continue to sanitize where you can't wash your hands, but washing hands is preferable. Continue to wear your mask as you go out and about, even when you're in church um, or somewhere else out shopping and eating and doing all of the things. But I personally have doubled down in addition to buying the house and making my house a sanctuary of trying, you know, like not eating out that much and doing some, like just staying home. And then when I do go out, it's out in the community, Larry, to double down, as I said in the beginning of the show on organizing. That's what I'm committing myself to for 2022. And you may be asking, how can I, who is Miss Community Everywhere, double down even further in my community for 2022? And it is possible. You know, it is possible for you to think about what are aspects of your community that you know, you haven't reached issues that you, you know, see in your community that you want to address, you can dig down deeper. And it's going to be really, really important. Because Laria, I, you know, I, I'm specifically wanted to bring you into this conversation, because part of me, you know, is seeing all of this conversation about parent engagement in schools and parents being able to decide what is on curriculum, you know, what they don't want on curriculum and things like that. And while I don't agree with, you know, some of the things they want to take off and not include, they are engaged. They are very engaged. In fact, one might think that the right-leaning anti-truth pro-dum-dum laws uh, caucus that seems to be taking over school boards, one might have thought they were listening to Sunday Civics because they are employing all the tools that you tell us about every week. They are in touch with their elected officials. They know what their agenda items are. They've got talking points. They have done the research. They are meeting and engaged and organized. And I feel like they got a subscription. They must, I, I feel like if we were to do a search, we would be able to find that they are active listeners to Sunday's Zivis because all they're doing is working the tools. They're doing exactly what you teach us to do. And and you cannot agree with other people. Everybody's not going to have your same opinion, right? So I'm not saying that, you know, people being civically engaged isn't just a democratic thing. It isn't just a conservative, like people have identified their values, June. They've identified their values and what they do and they recognize, right? They understood where the power lies in order to determine how to make the change. And they've been engaged and talking to them and 
while again, I don't agree with them trying to take history and accurate history out of schools or particular books or whatever, they are civically engaged, June. They are doing it and I can tell you what you say work because I do it and it does work. So if if the other side want to just do it, I mean, they're playing the long game. Let's play the long game too. The rules are always going to be the rules. The, how you make the sausage is always going to be how you make the sausage. But is it going to be an andouille? Is it going to be an Italian sausage? Is it going to be, come on, listen, I like my sausage. I know it's come on, now, sis. but I'm just saying it's, it's a matter of, ah, Eldoy Cortez. So <laughs> it's just a matter of, we take these pieces and create your own sausage, but the, how you make the sausage is always going to be how you make the sausage. So please, please stop turning Eljoy gray with not listening to the basics. Yeah, listen, these people are worrying us to death, and I see it. You, you're getting like you know, like the superhero little grays here on the side, like just right there, right? Okay, the, but she looks so good. My, my, my gray and my white and my hair because you know, Lorie. One of the aspects of this, of the communication with those who represent you, right? And you see the consistent drumbeat. And I say all the time, how can somebody represent you if they don't hear from you? That's right. And using that as an example, using, you know, parents all across the country who now let's be clear, have been whipped up into a frenzy based upon somebody else's political agenda. That's so right. we're not you know, denying that we're not giving, you know, cookies for them, you know, creating this on their own. Right. So we know that this has been whipped up into a frenzy. Number one, because you need people to be angry, emotional and excited and engaged about something in order to keep them active and, you know, engaged. And particularly when you're on, you know, a particular side that has a dwindling population, you have to keep that base engaged, enraged, and active at all times because you need them to overperform That's right. because you don't have the population to grow. That's right. right. So that that is what is happening on the Republican side. And I'm not even going to say conservative because there's also other conservative black folks who are like, this ain't it either, <laughs> you know, that have their own, you know, critique that's happening. Shout out to Shundi Johnson and Felicia and them. Right. <laughs> so no. that, that critique or whatever over there is happening. But from a Republican standpoint, the politics that is being played out in uh, Republican circles right now, there's a ceiling. And in order to continue to have that population engaged, voting, you know, donating, taking action on social media, doing all that kind of stuff, you need to continue to have them ramped up and enraged. And one way to do that and politics that they've been playing out for um, the last couple of decades is using race, is yes. using somebody is taking something from you, is using immigrants. The, you know, that is the lazy arguments that they are using to keep that population engaged. Now, that is for some of those parents who are who are like, I'm concerned about what my kids learn or whatever. They may not. Some do know that this is part of the strategy, but then there are some others who are just like, yeah, no, I don't want my kids to, you know, they are divorced with that, but they are taking civic action by right. contacting the people who represent them. And particularly 
know to contact the right representatives. That's right. Know to do the school board and not the U.S. senator. That's right? right. So knowing the difference between that's why I said just but you know the education of knowing who to engage, who to talk to based upon the issue. There's a pothole that's been around the corner on my block since I moved in this block. And this morning I called the council member who is responsible for that. I did not call Chuck Schumer. Mm. And I called the council member and I was like, this same pothole with a cone in it done been in here <laughs> for, for four months. What is happening? Right. Mm. But I wouldn't call Chuck Schumer on that, but I will call Chuck Schumer again on voting rights right so it's knowing okay this is the landscape this is who is in charge of it this is how i need to contact or what i need to ask for yeah i, I think you know when we think about what's going to have to be different about moving forward is we we're not just battling with sort of politics as usual we're battling with politics as embodied by this very active, civically engaged group of people who I think are completely misguided um, and who are either misguided um, unintentionally or are happily you know, drinking the Kool-Aid because it's fulfilling ulterior motives. But they're working the, the manipulate, they're, they're manipulating the levers of power within the system that they live, whether they like it or not. They're not having philosophical debates about, well, why we even have a system set up this way? You know, the man, if we was really about it, about it, we would recreate a system that would allow. I mean, you could do that. You can recreate a system. There's Minecraft. There's a whole bunch of little, you know, digital worlds that you can envision this happening and you can sketchboard it, whiteboard it, do it all. And you can envision that world. But while you're envisioning what the world should be like, other people are engaging with the world as it is. And one of the things that's gonna have to happen is we are going to have to be way more intentional about taking the tools that you've been sharing with us for years and actually implementing them. It's not enough to just have theoretical conversations and feel good listening to Sunday civics on your way into praise the Lord. Like we're going to have to feel good listening to Sunday civics on our way into praise the Lord. And then we got to go to the meeting in the basement of the church so we can have a conversation about what your school board is doing and have a conversation about how many of the children in your religious institution are attending these local schools and what is it that they're learning and how are they being negatively impacted? And then guess what? The school board represents you too. Just because you are not in the loud and wrong crowd, they also represent, whether you voted for them or not, they also represented you. And so you have equal right, if not more, standing on the legacy of African greatness. You have a right to and, a, and an obligation to be louder than the voices that are seeking to un, undo all of the decades of advancement and progress that we've made. We cannot go back into Jim Crow without a fight. And right now, it doesn't really feel like we're in a fight. It feels more like we're watching we're watching something coming and we're thinking like, hmm, we should do something about that. We should think about that. What are we going to do? Did you see what happened? I'm, I'm tired of getting the videos. It's like I'm tired of getting videos of people watching Karen show out and Ken show out. I'm like, when we going to start doing something besides taping? You know, right now we're observing. We're not acting. And I think that's yeah. going to be 2022. Yeah. And just, you know, to fast forward to that, because, you know, I'm in the midst of doing, you know, the research. And you and I have talked about this before about doing New York State NAACP legislative agenda. And I had a conversation with our state president, Hazel Dukes, about this. I was like, I want everything, everything on our agenda, I'm doing it. This is what we're for rather than this is what we're against. I love that. 
right? Because, and that is something that is led, led by us. And so if we're talking about from an education standpoint, look at where we shifted. We shifted from Black parents, Black teachers, Black schools, whatever, talking about the lack of resources and what doesn't exist to help educate our children to now we're, now we're forced to defend keeping accurate history in the classroom. That ain't got the resources they need anyway. Right? Like we shifted from, our kids don't even have the small classroom they they need, the teacher support that they need in the classroom. We shifted from talking about teacher pay. We shifted from talking about standards in terms of what resources we need to bring all kids. We've shifted from that conversation completely to now a defense about keeping history in the school. And then also part of me, Laurie, goes back to the statement you say all the time, it, it irks my ears. My ears are like, what is happening? When people's like, you know, they don't teach us our history. And I was like, how, how, how? <laughs> they don't teach us who we are. I'm like, how? They don't know who we are. are. How, how are you, how? Did, does that sound right to you, June? They don't teach us who <laughs> we are. Okay, so, Wait, um, but let's let's problematize it further, Miss June. They yes. who have a vested interest in us not knowing who we are don't yes. teach us who we are. How dare they? Okay, so I may I, I I got it. I got the gray and everything. I tell y'all, I'm an old lady, but I did not come. I'm not a child of the '50s or the '60s. I'm a child of the '80s. And one of the things we did find out in high school was they have no vested interest in teaching us any of that stuff. And you know what we did? Before Sunday Civics, before I learned the real deal, we organized and we found a couple of teachers to be our uh, advisors and we created the Martin Luther King Club and started off with a couple of kids and we would meet uh, a couple of days out of the week after school to talk about what we should know. Now, we might have been a little bit misguided with Shaharazad Ali, but the point of the matter is is that we re- oh we God. recognized the whole and we did what we had to as children to fill it. Now, here's where we are now because see, we're a whole the whole generation outside of where I grew up and what we're looking at now is we're always talking about we, we think about things from a deficit like we don't have enough, we don't have enough and for my people what we don't have enough at least we feel is time. So I send you to school because I got to go to work and I expect you to come home with all of those things because I ain't got the time to do these other things. I expect you to do this. Everybody don't have the time. But you want to know who else didn't have the time? People who were enslaved. Uh, People who lived under Jim Crow and and Jane Crow. People who were out there marching it up in the 60s. None of these people had the time. And you Mm. know what they did? Because everybody didn't march. Everybody didn't do everything. But for those people who couldn't go, you found a way to support the person who did. You mm-hmm. created your mini cabals. So when you had your rent party and everybody came together for the rent party, because somebody was short on that rent, we need to raise that rent. Somebody was coming back and telling you what they learned at the board meeting. And this one learned this. And then y'all sit around while y'all had your box wine and danced at the rent party, raising that rent money. But you talked about what's going to happen next. And then that same person who's the person with the free time, maybe they might be underemployed or unemployed. And they're the person who's picking up the kids doing it. Because again, we got to get back to community. 
Community isn't all of us getting to bed and going to bed together and eating together and kumbaya. Community is different and it's just about the time and the support. And I think once we get clear, we can be bigger and bolder and better in our actions because Eljoy lays it out. I know I don't always have the time, but who does have the time? And then we get together, we talk about whatever, and then we go back out because no, we may not have the time, but we do have the time, if that makes sense. But anyway, I'm going to be quiet so Eljoy can go back to teaching because- Ooh, All right, well, we're going to take a break. We, we're going to take a break um, here, but you know, in getting your community prepared for 2022, I need to thank you for you to think about not just what you are against, but what you are for. And write that down. What are you for for your community? I am for the, the trash to be picked up on a regular basis. I am for our streets to not have potholes. I am for the schools in our community to have, you know, the library support that they need. What, what, are, what are you for, right? Write down three things that you are for in your community. And we're going to talk about more about getting your community prepared for 2022 when we come back after this break. All the wahala, all the problems, all the things that you think that you must do to start in this world. Like when the teacher, schoolboy and schoolgirl come together. Who is the teacher? I will let you know. Welcome back to Sunday Civics. It's Eljoy Williams, your neighborhood political strategist. And with me, my thoroughest girls, Larie Daniel Favors and June Moses. So ladies, you know, I'm telling you to write down three things that you're for in your community. So, you know, Larie, I'm going to start with you. What are three things that you are for? Not that you're going to rally against. What are three things that you are for that you are going to advocate for in 2022? I love this question, Joy. I am, uh, I think this is exactly the frame that we need to have. So I am for teaching my local community the actual skills that they are going to need to learn how to be community organizers. And that's the work that I'm doing. I am for working with my local elected officials to make sure they are properly trained on how to properly advocate for the specific culturally for the specific culturally derived and historically derived needs of communities of African descent. I am for encouraging parents to be way more active in their schools, not just because your little, you know, Keyshawn or Tanisha and them attend there, but because the school is a fundamental institution in your community. And I actually have projects right now that are really seeking to do all three of those things. See, it's easy. Right. It's like it's easy just thinking about the things that you are for. So let's go. June, your turn. Okay. So first thing I am for is I am for everybody having a home, a decent and reasonably priced, not run through with rats, whatever home. Y'all know housing is my jam. So I want everybody to be to, to have a home. Also, I want people to learn to be a problem, a problem with a big 
P, not like a problem like you breaking up stuff and burning down things and stuff. I'm talking about a problem like you've studied, you've learned, and now you're in their face going, no, 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 we're not just going to sugarcoat or ice over or skate over what the issue is. I need to understand tangibly how we're going to face the problem, how we're going to fix the problem, how I can help you with the problem, and what's the ETA on the fix? Because I think we leave things too open-ended, so that's two. And three, I want us to like each other. And I know that doesn't have anything to do with what we're specifically talking about, but if I like you, I'll be a little bit more prepared to do for you. I don't have to be in love with you. I don't have to get in the bed with you. I don't even have to eat you, eat with you, but, <laughs> but I do need to like you in a sense. I mean, there's plenty of people from plenty of walks of life that I like, and I would defend to make sure that they have. So again, those would be my three things because I think if we like each other on a basic level that we can actually get more accomplished. So be a problem, like each other, and hey, that's it. So I think the other way in which you can love people and not necessarily like them, we were revisiting the conversation with the president and CEO of NAACP, Derek Johnson. And there's this one point in the conversation, Larie, where we're talking about, you know, if you are organizing, you know, in our communities with Black folks, whether locally or nationally, you got to love Black people, right? Like, you, mm. like there are different people. People love themselves. Yeah. And so, you know, it's egocentric, leadership-led, whatever. I love myself, my voice, my leadership style and sort of thing you got to really love black people um, and, and really, you know, and, and, you know, take the, the stress of that. There's just like, I don't like you, but I love you. And I want your kids to eat and have a place to stay and love it, whatever. I can't stand, you know, but I love <laughs> Joy and June. This is one of my biggest things because I always say at the end of my show, one of the three things I need us to do is to tap into our Harriet Tubman love. And for me, Harriet Tubman is the perfect example of weaponizing Black love in such a way that it was able to meet the moment. And the moment when it pertains to our ability to love each other is recognizing that Part of what made slavery and white supremacy work was teaching us through daily practices, through torture, through the most extreme harsh conditions that we ain't ish, one never gonna be ish, and what nobody who looked like us also ish. That devaluing in society had a very perverse effect of also causing us to be devalued in each other's eyes. A friend of mine talks about the fact that when we were on plantations, women, black women were evaluated on the auction block for our breasts, our hips, and our behind. Now in hip hop, we're evaluated for our breasts, our hips, and our behind. And like the parallels between how we were treated in society and how we now relate to each other shows that we have really embraced a lot of that perverse teaching. We have to weaponize our love and love black people harder and more consistently than we were taught to hate black people. And that's a 400 year head start. Now, lucky for us, we also have ancestors before the, the enslavement experience that we can also tap into. Sometimes we feel like we can only tap into the ancestors who was on a slave ship. Now that's true. They're our most recent set of ancestors, but we got millennia of examples before that of black people loving each other, not necessarily because we were black. We didn't even know what black was at that point, but we were, you know, loving enough each other enough to build civilization. 
Loving each other enough to recognize that we need irrigation, so we're going to use science to create pathways of feeding ourselves. Loving each other enough that we recognize that we need housing, and so we're going to engage with the environment and create the material, use the materials around us to create sustainable living. Loving each other enough to create educational systems that didn't just teach us reading, writing, and arithmetic, but taught us the spiritual basis of what it means to know and what it means to remember and to bring together that which has been taken apart. Loving Black people, if that is not at the center of the work we are doing, one, you ain't going to be doing this work for long because it's a thankless job. But two, the solutions you create cannot possibly be effective if centering the love of our people is not at the heart of your solution. That is a vital, fundamental, baseline, foundational step that we have got to make a priority. And not just the thread that weaves us all together, that has to be the fabric that brings us all together. Okay, that makes you know sense. I use, you know what I use to, to focus and center that, you know, and I think that's a great example. You talking about going back, you know, before slavery. I'm not one who, you know, there are some Black folks still who are ashamed of, it, you know, enslavement and chattel slavery or whatever. I think of it as a, like, look at what we were able to accomplish, even though, you know, this happened to us. Not that we were slaves, we were enslaved. Somebody did this to us, and yet we were still able to do this, right? But I think about most recently is sort of that period after Reconstruction, I mean, that period after um, the Civil War, you know, after the emancipation, that period. And anytime I'm getting tired, I'm talking about Negroes getting on my nerves. I'm talking like any of that kind of thing. I think about that love there. I think about the love of family that those who were formerly enslaved had and the faith and trust that they had that they would be able to find their family members by placing ads and you know, writing in newspapers, trying to find their children, their fathers, their mothers, you know, their family members, their grandmothers, right? I think about that. I think about these people, some of whom could not read themselves, but thought about, you know what, I need, we need to create institutions so that our future generations can read. We need to create a bank and, and, and cooperatives to grow our communities. We need to build cities. We need to, like, that. that's ingrained. And it's not only, and it's ingrained in us as human beings, right? It's talking about the overall, as like, I want to go and build, right? And being able yes. to go and build. And so that once the, the, the shackles are off me, I can go build. I want everybody, June, to have that same attitude and think about, you know, because, you know, June is with me a lot of times when I do these conversations and workshops. The first part of any of these conversations is convincing and equipping people that you are able to do this, that yes, you have a say, in how you are governed. Yes, you have the ability to tell them that you wanted that. Like that, that is sometimes part of the difference between those parents who show up at school board meetings or whatever. They believe it is ingrained in this that they deserve, they demand, and they have the ability, right, to cause a change and build the society they want to build, right? They are not of the mindset oh, they ain't going to let us do this. 
They are not of the mindset of they're not going to let this happen. They are of the mindset of somebody needs to do something and I'm going to be a problem, June. Right. Well, they do. Absolutely. Part of the beginning of the piece is convincing people to put them in that bill. So it's already in us. It's ingrained in us to build. It's ingrained in us to be able to build institutions, to build community, to build up our family, you know, to build up our children. And it's just taking off that veil because it's a very thin one, too, that tells you that you can't, that you're not responsible uh, for it, that you can't see the change that you want to see, that they ain't going to let us do so and so. Who is they? They well, I believe in it. Right. Pop up, right. Like you would say, somebody say, oh, you know, they said you wasn't going to come out here and do nothing. Who said that? I was like, right? Who said I'm not going to be, right? Because you're going to pop off if somebody say, they said you ain't going to come out here and do nothing. Who? Who said I ain't going to come out here and do nothing, Lorraine? <laughs> I ain't scared of you. I ain't scared of you. I ain't scared of no man. But y'all are talking about agape. And oddly enough, in our weird little society here, people don't know what agape is. And I say like instead of love is because love has been warped in our society to the point where people don't understand the agape part of love. The, 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 yeah. the, ooh, and I'm going to wow, 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 bow, 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 bow. They don't understand that. They got, they got that. But the agape love that we're talking about, like, because we have removed, been removed from, and there's a lot of societal things, blah, 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 got it, got it, got it, got it. But the point of the matter is, if you don't understand agape, we can't get to the unconditional love if we don't begin with the like again. And there've been so many little things thrown into this where I don't like you because I think you talk pe- like petty, the lowest of the low. And these are the things that are keeping us from this thing. I want us to learn to overcome those things to get back to, because again, I wake up every day and y'all know what I do. And what I do is the hardest part of the stuff because everybody, they want it, but they you feel like I want something that people don't want for themselves. That's not it. That's not it at all. Whoo, listen. Uh, it's a gray, gray hair. But the point of the matter is, is that if people can get to the like and then understand the unconditional love, because we we have we're teaching on many different levels here. Because how many what ninety thousand downloads and people still ain't got what L Joy been putting down. So if we're not start, we we have to walk and chew gum at this point. When we're while we're being a problem, we also got to educate the other people over there. That's like I don't even know what y'all talking about, and I eh, 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 because we need those bodies too. We need you to understand. We need you to come and stand. We need you to come and be a part. And if you don't want to do those things, the least we need you to do is shut it up. We don't need you to run to the other side talking about how I ain't down with them. Eh, 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 eh. Shut it up. But again, I want to start with the light to get to the love because we haven't we fell out of light we fell out of love we just fell out and we got to get back into this and believe me i love y'all i love all of my people i couldn't get up and do what i do every day with my little xena bracelets fighting a man i couldn't do all of that if i didn't have some love in there because i quit every third day i tell y'all right now i'd be like i hate everybody not quit but you don't quit because of unconditional love but people have forgot that so Let's start off at like, let's get to love, but do it quickly, quickly, people, quickly, quickly move. And then let's change this world because we can do this in 2022. I think we ready. Lorraine? You know, I'm, I'm one, I realize that there's something else that I am for. 
I am for our community tapping more into our higher level selves, our agreeable energy selves than what we tend to often do. I remember when I was um, coming out of Penn State, when we were fleeing the Klan, literally, who had just killed the black man, Donald uh, Connors, may he rest in peace, uh, while we were at Penn State. Um, I remember learning, there was some elders in Pittsburgh who kind of just took us in and was like, oh, these babies been traumatized. They thought they was going to college. They thought they were, and they done hid out in churches from the Klan. They done been stalked. They don't have their addresses in the paper. These children is traumatized. And they took us in and it was really um, uh, just a pouring in of love into us to help heal that trauma that we had been through. And we learned a lot in that period about agreeable versus disagreeable energy and how, you know, the universe is striving for balance. And you know that whether or not your community is in balance when you have more agreeable energy than disagreeable energy. And I, I don't like to use a lot of... Um, language like, oh, she trifling, he this, he, he, you know, because that sort of takes away from the, the, the actual point, which is that we have oftentimes been so programmed with negativity that it's the easy default emotion from which to operate. And when that's your default setting, you know, your computer comes to you and it, the default setting is if you buy a computer in an English speaking country, a computer, when you take it out the box, it's going to be English characters on there in English words and English sentences. But if you take your computer out of the box and you open it up and it's Japanese characters, the default setting is completely inappropriate for your purposes. And so you got to get a new program. You got to change the program. You got to upgrade. And I feel like we have been operating on a default setting of seeing that negativity in us as the, the true us. That's not who we really are. That's how we have been sort of programmed, but we got to get to a default setting that says, no, I'm going to choose to operate out of my agreeable energy. Even when you, I think you trifling for real. Cause I might, I mean, I just might, you know, you just might kind of be, but I'm not going to allow my assessment of your triflinicity to be what drives my decision-making about how I engage with you. Amen. I am going to allow the fact that my Harriet Tubman self is going to say, okay, so this sister, this brother, they trifling. But that's all right. I got my Winchester. I got Amen. the tools that I need. I got the map. I got the North Star. And that North Star is going to be my guide, not just for how we physically navigate this terrain, but that North Star is going to be my guide about how I engage with you and the energy out of which I am going to deal with you. Um, so I think I am for us using love as our default for how we engage even when the like Nordi Agape is really right there. Hallelujah! <laughs> All right, we're going to take another break. And then when we come back, I want to talk about some other political things that are on the horizon for 2022. We've talked about, you know, doubling down in your community, loving community. But I want to talk about, Larie, some 2022 things on the horizon and some things that we're going to do here at Sunday Civics to help further prepare you and your community to take civic action in 2022. We'll be right back. How can it be? Welcome back to Sunday Civics. I got my Thoroughwist girls with me. June like the month, Moses like the Bible, and Larie Daniel Favors, who you can hear 
Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. on Sirius XM Urban View here on Sirius XM Urban View. And she will bring the love, the light. And she takes live calls. I'm so jealous. She <laughs> takes live calls during the week. So make sure to tune in to her show every weekday morning before you get to Sunday. Lorraine, there are some other political things that are on the horizon in 2022 that everybody should be aware of. Obviously, it's midterm election. So, you know, your congressional representatives are running for re-election or there are people running um, to replace people retiring. And this is a big deal because this has been after a redistricting year. And so for a number of places across the country, the lines have changed. So there may be people running against each other that were formerly in different districts. There may be new seats, new districts because of redistricting. And so it's an open uh, seat and there may be new people running in, in that aspect. But there still may also continue to be challenges of those new lines that have been redrawn because of redistricting. And, you know, in places like Ohio and Texas and, you know, others, you know, who are experiencing some challenges. I know there just recently, earlier this week, there was a, a challenge made on some lines. It was defeated in court. And, you know, we'll see what happens after then. But redistricting has had an impact on the political landscape as it pertains to congressional midterms and also in the state legislature. Because your state legislature is also up for a number of states. And so you will be voting, yes, nationally for your congressional representatives, but also your state uh, representative. There's a whole bunch of gubernatorial races happening as well. And we just saw this week, there's some, you know, there's Black women running. I think there's three. There's, there's Stacey Abrams, Tish James. There, I think there's a Black woman running in Iowa. Uh, <laughs> as well. So, you know, there are uh, Black women running for governor, but there are also some other gubernatorial races all across the country that you should pay attention to. And there may also be even uh, more local races um, that you should pay attention to. So your next thing that you should do to prepare for 2022 is who and what is running? <laughs> in your community, you know, not only your congressional representatives, make yourself a list of what are the races that are up, what are the elections, right? Because everybody doesn't have, yes, there's a November election, there's a primary election, but the primary election is not the same in every state. So when is your election? When is your primary election? When is the general election? When do people need to be registered to vote by, right? All of those dates. And here at Sunday Civics, we're going to produce a little handy chart for you that you can either save on your phone or put on your refrigerator so that you know what the dates are of your elections. And that's something for you to uh, pay attention to because it's not one election day. There's multiple and you need to know what they are and make sure your community and your family and your vote squad knows when uh, those dates are. I love the vote squad. I absolutely love that. And I, you know, I, for people who are kind of concerned about uh, in addition to the dates and, and in, you also need to research the candidates 
and be clear about what they stand for. And, and you know, I, I've always say, you know, let's not necessarily ask, you know, will he be a good baby father? Or would I want her to be my baby mother? Like, that's not really the question. The question is, what has been their voting record? What are the policies that they have been promoting? And for people who are trying to simplify this joy, earlier this week, I interviewed Wen Cooney Seant and Jordan Wilson, the two co-founders of the Politicking app. This is a Black woman app that is literally designed to help you know everything you need to know about the candidates in your local jurisdiction. And these are the, there are tools out there that the sheet that you're going to provide, those are the tools that we need to make active use of so that voting doesn't become this, oh, right, it's happening. Oh, snap. Oh, no, here I am at the voting booth. I don't know who these names are. Oh, let me quickly Google and hope the school that has dilapidated Wi-Fi where I am currently voting will actually let me do some research or real quick while the line. Or call people like Eljoy from the booth and be like, who we voting for? <laughs> Yes, so don't do that. <laughs> it happens all the time. I get the group me the day before the election. All right, Larry, who we voting on? <laughs> I'm like, really? People walk up to me at the poll site, be like, who do I vote for? I'm like, why are you trying to get me fired? I need this little $300. If you talk to me and they report me, I'm going to get in trouble. But this one right here. No, I'm sorry. I didn't do that. But no, still, I'm just saying, <laughs> we early off the repetition repetition is going to be our key. And um, Madam Vice President is our Vice President. And now we don't have any Black women in Senate. And because Black women, not only do we make everything better, but we our tide raises all boats. Let's see who's going to be doing that because that's up. So yeah. yay. Yeah. Well, Laree, I want to thank you for taking an opportunity to, to join us. I know you got to go get the kids ready. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Love you, ladies. <laughs> And we're, we're, we're about to um, head out, but there are some other things that you should be aware of in terms of uh, 2022 and how to get your community ready for 2022. And this is something that June does all the time. And maybe you should work the election. Maybe you should be a poll worker. Maybe you can be a translator at the polls. Maybe you can sign your kids up because in some states, I know in, in New York, you can do that in um, Georgia and other places where you can sign, teenage, teenagers can sign up to be poll workers to help people you know, give them their ballot, stand outside and direct them, whether it's early vote or on election day. And being a poll worker is a thing that you can sign up and do. And it's different protocols for different states. So one of the things that you can do, right, June, is look and see what are the requirements for you to become a poll worker. And it's it's great because that's a fun way for you to actually see how the sausage is made from that perspective. And also it's great to just to just be on site. I, I it's, it's a really good feeling when I work the polls. I really have a good time. My poll site is dope. We care about everybody making sure that they vote. We don't care who you vote for. We want to make sure that this is comfortable and it's good for you to be there. And, you're, and if you feel good about doing something one time, you're going to do it again. So we kind of like look at it like we, we're going to be the ambassadors of happiness at this poll site. So you too can do that in your state, in your municipality, because it's always changing, it's ever evolving, and the hands are needed. So please go in and do that. And they pay you. It's, it's not necessarily chicken feed. So, you know, that could be your, your money for your gifts for Thanksgiving and Christmas and everything else. So you can be doing your civic duty and paying a bill. It's a good thing. 
<laughs> yes. Yeah, so definitely being it. So the other thing that we're going to be doing here at Sunday Civics, and this is what, you know, get yourself together, is I'm going to be doing a virtual workshop on voter registration and voter engagement. And so, you know, we'll be announcing that date in January and you can sign up and register. And, you know, June, I'll be walking people through one, how to do your own voter registration campaign. And it's different in, in different states. So part of the thing when you register is for you to tell us also what state um, you live in or will be operating in because there are different rules depending on what state you're in. Yeah, and some so states part of, need to be registered. To be yeah, you to need to that. be an actual registrar. There's a process that you have to go through or you have to be part of an organization or things of that nature. So we'll be doing that workshop. So I will walk you through how to make the plan for a voter registration drive. And look, because of COVID, because of, you know, people think, June, that just standing outside a corner with a clipboard, people just going to be coming to you in droves to register to vote. No, <laughs> you know, there is, you need to develop a plan. You need to develop an engagement plan on where you're going to go. Looking at numbers, ah, looking at numbers in terms of where are people not registered and being able to target. It makes no sense for you to go to a community that has an 82% voter registration and, and a 72% turnout rate, you know, are you trying to get to 100? I guess if that's what you wanted to do, you could do that. But maybe you should go into areas that have a 40% registration rate and, and boost up there because there's more opportunities for you um, to bump into people who are registered. And given COVID, you know, there are some things that you should be aware of, of not just randomly walking up to people with no mask and nothing and talk about you registered to vote. <laughs> just do it I'm sorry day. there, patient zero. Get away from me. Get away from me. Get six feet, six feet, six feet. No, the droplets with no mask. I saw the video. I saw the cartoon video and I'm freaked out by it. Please take your spittle on the other side over there. But still, we have to not only be persistent, but it's got to be time and time again. When people are under stress and I'm of the poor category, so we're always under stress. But because of, the, again, the pandemic, everyone's under stress. stress pe stressed out people are forgetful people. So that means that once you learn from Eljoy's um, class how to put together that campaign, now you're not just going to do it one time or two times. You're always going to have to keep doing it over and over again. You're going to have to have follow-up bits. And again, if you're running, part of your campaign better be out there as they hitting them streets, making sure that people, you can expand that out. And Eljoy, you know, I've done that. That's what I do when I go out there on the street. I want to make sure that you're registered to vote. I'm going to tell you why my candidate is great, but I also want to make sure you're registered to vote because if you're not registered to vote, you can think my candidate is wonderful, but you're not, you, you can't help. Yeah. It's part of my job to help expand the franchise. And the number, you know, and the number one thing, particularly registering people in communities of color or communities that have been historically disenfranchised or under-resourced, the question is why? Why should I register? And what is your response to that? 
right? So one of the things in the workshop is being able to help you come up with the why, why people should be engaged, and then connecting them to long-term engagement things. Because doing one-off things is the thing that people hate the most. Y'all only come around come election time. You only come around asking me for some, asking me to do something for you, but what are you going to do for us? What are you going to do for our community? And so being able to engage in that way. So those are some of the um, things that we'll be doing. I'm looking forward to that. And I'm, you know, thankful for each and every one of you who join us every Sunday morning here on Sunday Civics and the conversations that we have here. We'll be back next Sunday with more as we count down. And I'll be highlighting some of the great conversations that we have had on the show this year and give you some teasers of what's to come for 2022, because we'll be here We'll be here on Sunday Civics, and I'm thankful for each and every one of you for joining us. Thankful to my thoroughest girls, Larie Daniel Favors and June Moses for joining me this morning. Thank you so much for making it to class. We'll be back with more Sunday Civics next Sunday. Have a good one. It's who we are.